2212. Okay, Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 137. This is Adam Piggott. Let's get straight into it, uh, folks. Sitting out there waiting to die from the coronavirus. Hope you're all feeling happy. Hope you're all having a nice Sunday. Um, we'll get straight into this one. Like a couple of posts I wrote this week, I don't think it would harm you to be stocked up for a couple of months with some stuff. Um, don't forget the uh, cooking oil. Like if you use olive oil or vegetable oil or whatever you use, don't forget that. Uh, that's an important one. Uh, dishwashing detergent, it's a big one. Clothes washing detergent. Um, you won't need extra underarm deodorant because you're not going to be seeing anybody. And let's face it, uh, most of you losers listening to this podcast don't see anyone anyway. So uh, <laughs> I know my audience. I know my audience. Um, the perpetually alone. Um, I uh, I would also like, I mean, you know, if it goes really bad, there's money to be made. Um, like war is... is disastrous for for most of the population and absolutely hugely economically beneficial for a a small segment who set themselves up either beforehand or during it um and you've all seen the movies with the you know the the quartermaster of the army who's you know holding all the goods think of all the guys who made lots of money out of heroin in the vietnam war um all that sort of stuff so you know chaos uh brings opportunity and um, what would people really miss in this day and age? Uh, well, the internet, obviously, but you can't give that to people if they don't have it, as far as I know. Uh, taking selfies, I suppose. Yeah, they'd miss doing that. Um, but... As I said uh, on last week's episode, when I walked around the streets of Aberdeen, uh, I noticed that most of the businesses were either bars, restaurants, uh, hairdressers, beauticians, or coffee shops. And when you consider it, the extent to which our modern Western civilization is completely dependent on coffee and getting your daily caffeine fix is pretty astounding. And I would say that coffee is the most ubiquitous uh, product used by uh, the vast majority of the population. And if they don't drink coffee, they certainly drink tea. One of those two things. Um, So in order to profit from chaos, um, having stuff that other people don't have, of course, is a time-honoured way to do this. Currency in uh, post-World War II Europe, particularly Germany, was cigarettes. Um, that was a recognised currency. And people had a very hard time the first two years after the end of the Second World War, 45, 46, 47. Starving in the streets of Vienna was, uh, you know, is a cliche for a reason. Um, the third man. There we go, Graham Greene. John Le Carre's uh, George Smiley character, of course, had his uh, offsider, the head of the lamplighters, Toby Esterhouse, 
who was discovered starving in Vienna. Um, so what will be the currency? Well, I think you know where I'm getting at here, coffee. I think coffee will be the uh, absolute currency. And you want coffee that's uh, good quality and it also lasts. And what I like is the freeze-dried um, uh, air um, vacuum seal packet of Lavazza coffee, particularly Lavazza gold, because they look like little gold bricks. And if, you know, the shit really hits the fam, they will be little gold bricks. They cost about three euros each for a, uh, one, one packet of them here in Holland. So you could go out and spend 100 euros on coffee and just put it away. Now, um, if the shit doesn't hit the fan and all the rest of it, which you know probably not going to, then you just drink your coffee and you've got coffee for a year. Great, no worries. If it does, happy days. See what you can trade it for. For most of you guys uh, listening to this who are all living alone, sexual favors probably. Um, so um, that could be a good one. Uh, cigarettes could be a good one too, by the way. Cigarettes could be a good one. You'll be astounded how many people will start smoking when it looks like the end of the world. You've got to have something to take your mind off this shit. So cigarettes could be a good one. Could be a good one indeed. Any, any general tobacco products could be very, very good. So uh, that's just uh, you know a couple of uh, ideas for you all there. A couple of ideas um, for you to, uh, to go with. Um, I'm sure you've all got your own ideas. Or maybe you don't because you haven't thought about this. But if you do have a think, you know, you put the brain cells and rub them together and uh, and contemplate what you might do, then throw a comment there uh, on this uh, episode and let us know what uh, your preferred uh, money-making uh, uh, opportunistic um, item might be. Um Tampons could be a good one. Think about that. Yeah? All the women screaming that the government should give it, the taxpayers should give them to them for free via the government. What are the millennials? What can't they do without? I mean, coffee's huge. Coffee's huge. It's right up there. It's right up there. But what else? What else can't they do without? And of course, we've mentioned their phones. I can't help on that one if the uh, grid goes down. Um, anyway, um, of course, if the grid goes down, entertainment is going to be uh, your problem. Hopefully, you've downloaded all the episodes of the Pushing Rubber podcast uh, done by yours truly, and you can re-listen to them and relive the glory days of, uh, of this momentous radio show, uh, which I'm sure will keep you warm at night in your beds as your electric heaters don't work. Because the grid's down. Um, right, moving right along. I was, like I said, I was in Aberdeen last week. And on the way there at one of the airports, I picked up a copy of a magazine, which I haven't bought for a while because I just can't find it in Holland and also because I'm not out generally in magazine shops. Um, but it's The Rake. Uh the Modern Voice of Classic Elegance. Um, it's a men's magazine, even though they've stuck a photo of a horrible woman on the cover this time. Normally it's a bloke on the cover. And it's not a gay magazine, by the way. 
Maggie uh, Glillen, Glillen Howell, how the fuck do you pronounce that? Uh, well past her year, her use by date. Um, but I like the mag uh, in one sense. It's, 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 it's a beautiful publication. It's really good quality. Uh, it's, it's not, it's the ad count is pretty low. Um, it's got stuff that men want to do and buy and good clothes for men and you know if you're looking for style and that sort of stuff because uh, lots of you are you know I get, I get the number of emails I get about guys you know with regards to style is um, is really really out there um, uh, timepieces um, cigars uh, uh, automobiles all that sort of stuff uh, all in in this one and then just generally cool interviews with people. So I've, I've been a fan of the rake uh, since it started a few years ago, notwithstanding, notwithstanding one minor uh, complaint that I have about the rake. Um, as with all modern publications, it's woke. Now, it's not woke over the top, but for instance, when Trump was running for president um, in 2015, 2016, they only mention it in the editorial. They only mention it in the editorial. And the editor, the owner is some, what's his, some fucking Chinese. No, but the editor's uh, your classic, I need my glasses. The editor's your classic, uh, your classic uh, English toff. Looks about 31. Uh, the founder's name is Waco. And Waco's about as woke as it gets. Um, and... They, of course, derided Trump majorly, and it put me off the magazine a bit. Um, but because it's only in the editorial and the letter from the founder at the start, eh, you know, I, can, I, can, I, can, I could get past it. Um, their ads are all... Sorry, their, their, their set um, pieces that they, they film for... that they, sh they shoot for fashion, it's all white guys... Um, there's not much, there's not that much diversity in the mag. So maybe they're just giving lip service to it, um, which I suppose could be a smart thing in this day and age. I know we've got a little bit of diversity going on here. Um, but, uh, generally, generally it's pretty good, but it could be better. And it got me thinking on the plane, uh, cause I get bored on planes pretty quickly. Um, could there be a market? For a, a nationalistic magazine of the same type, so a men's magazine, excellent fashion, um, same sort of stuff that I've just been, I've rattled off about the rake, um, but it's it's very right wing, it's openly right wing, it's openly anti woke and. I would I would call it the nationalist, um, a men's magazine for the anti woke, something like that, and have interview every uh, edition. This the the rake is uh, every every two months, so six uh, editions a year, and that's a that's a good one to go with because it gives you enough time to put out good editions. And you could do uh, interviews with um, interesting political figures, like you know. Victor Orban over there in Hungary, uh, Salvini in Italy, 
the new president of Brazil, these guys, uh, the president of the Philippines, Tutanto, and all the rest of it. Um, and then, of course, uh, anti-woke uh, individuals in various countries which are striving for nationalism, all with a backdrop of classic men's elegance and style, um, nice things to buy, investment pieces like watches and that sort of thing, uh, great cigars. Could there, be a, could there be a market for it? Could there be a market? I don't know. I don't know. Um, something cool, you know. Because we've got an absence of cool in our society. We really do. We have an absence of cool. Um, of course, you know, Brad Pitt is still cool. Uh, and I really enjoyed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though it was Tarantino best film he's ever made um by a long way by a very long way but really think you know the thing i really liked about that film the complete lack of gratuitous violence except right at the very end when it wasn't gratuitous because it was needed that was the scene where in real life uh three people got horribly murdered um so that three people died in horrible ways and that scene was entirely fitting I thought the flamethrower just added, uh, you know, an extra bit of spice on top, but that was it in the whole film. Um, you know, even when Brad Pitt and uh, Bruce Lee have a go at each other, it's all. It was, it was like Tarantino's got all of that. I want to do realistic violence out of his system over the last twenty-five odd years from Reservoir Dogs and, and True Romance and Pulp Fiction and The Kill Bills and The Dreadful Hateful Eight or whatever it was called, uh, The Horrible Slave Movie, I can't remember what that one was called. Um, and this one, he's, he's kind of settled down to, to bring all his skill together because he is a very skilled st storyteller and director um, in a way that just made the whole film enjoyable without you going, oh, every, you know, five minutes, ah, someone's died in a horrible way. So um, I really liked it. It was a very cool movie. But that's an aberration because most of the stuff we see just isn't cool. There's a real absence of cool. Um, and we need, we need to get that back. And I think nationalism... I think nationalism's cool. And I think it could definitely be. Uh, it's cool. It's cool. Automatically, because it's not the prevailing paradigm. It's uh, anything anti -glo anything globalism is not cool. Can Greta Thunberg in any way, shape, or form be considered cool? Just, just like what? What? She looks. She's a mutant dwarf. There's just. There's just no way. Um, Globalism, there's nothing cool about globalism. There's nothing cool about it at all. It's all, and this is, this is really ironic considering it's all baby boomer driven who were, you know, apparently the uh, epitome of working out what was cool. Mind you, the Beatles were never cool. I've always hated the Beatles. I suppose the Stones were cool, you know, in their um, exile on Main Street days. Um, but... Uh, you know, 15 years later, Jagger was dancing in the streets with David Bowie, and that's probably the most forgettable song of all time. 
probably the most forgettable song of all time, just when you consider what the artists had done in the past. Okay, like you could say, oh, the Macarena is the most forgettable song of all time. But it'd be like, well, the people who put it out, you never heard of them before or since. They didn't have any pedigree. But Bowie and Jagger doing Dancing in the Streets. Holy shit, that was horrific on every level. Um, and, and I would say that, that, that neither of them ever recovered from it, both in a, a professional and personal manner. That was it. That was it all. It was all over after that point. It was all over. I mean, how, I mean, apart from the clothes they were wearing, apart from the dancing that they were attempting to do, apart from the the horrible song, and then what what did we else did we have in that time period? You know, Live Aid, Live Aid, fuck. I mean, the only the only group that came out well out of Live Aid were Queen, and they're fags. So that that's all that's all you need to know. Homos aren't cool. Your your Mardi Gras not cool. Not anymore. You're all just mainstream. Absolutely mainstream. What's not mainstream? Nationalism, patriotism, uh, heterosexuality, the family. Imagine that. It's gone so full circle that, um, that being a family man and having a wife who stays at home and she's really into that, that could now be construed as cool. Yeah. Look at mad men. Smoking. That's something that's... that's Tell you what, that's something that's cool. Smoking's cool. But not not surreptitious smoking. Surreptitious smoking where you're standing outside in your designated spot and you're all like kind of huddled there together. Uh, that's not cool. That's not cool smoking. Um, going on a BBC program and uh, lighting up uh, interview and lighting up while you're in there that's cool that's cool absolutely cool. my god you can't smoke in here no well I'm, i won't do the interview then fuck off i'm gonna smoke we got health of things i don't care i don't care i don't care and nationalism of course is cool it's got to be cool because the hungarians and the poles are doing it and all their chicks are hot think about it um, we've seen that Turkey has now uh, decided to open their borders with all of these, in inverters, quote-unquote, refugees, um, but just uh, illegal immigrant invaders. Uh, and apparently the Greeks are uh, attempting to stop them, so they're not letting them through this time. What a change three or four years can make. Um, haven't heard from the marauding Merkel lately either, which is nice. Um, of course... Turkey opening the borders uh, to try and force all of these um, African uh, lowlifes out is, of course, got a lot to do with the current potential pandemic that's going to happen because Turkey doesn't want these guys in their, in, in their borders, but they can't send them back through the Middle East. So it's like on to Europe. But now, you know, four years ago, if the coronavirus thing wasn't happening right now, I'd say, I'd say that because the political sphere has not shifted enough in the last four years, I'd say that Greece would have capitulated and just let them all through. But the reason that Greece is holding hard on the borders is because of the coronavirus. So the coronavirus could be Patriot's best friend, as I look at it. Stopping the movement of people around the globe. Uh, going back to, I mean, in a real sense, it could really 
return, you know, if it really goes full on and just shuts down global trade in the sense of what it's currently doing, well, there, there goes one pandemic and there goes globalism in one hit. That's how, that's how vulnerable the whole, the whole house of bloody cards is. Um, Australia, of course, would be royally rooted because we don't have any refineries anymore. I think Australia's got two weeks worth of fuel. And of course, all our farmland has to be, you know, it's all fuel. And then trucks, we don't use trains anymore to haul the food to market like we did 60 years ago. We barely got our steelworks anymore so we can upgrade the rail ourselves. So, um, you know, better start building some refineries in Australia real quick, boys, because, you know, global trade shuts down. Man, you're not getting any, uh, your closest refinery is Singapore. And that's not going to happen. It shows why Australia, I've, I've, I've spoken and written about this before, why Australia is so um, vulnerable and, and so stupid with what it's, the policies it's currently following. There was, uh, there was this crappy article, uh, why Australia isn't prepared for a foreign invasion that I saw. And they're going on about, you know, the armed forces and, you know, and submarines and uh, the Chinese and all the rest of it. The really big gaping weak point is the fact that we don't have the refineries in Australia anymore because we voluntarily shut them down, let them go out of business. Didn't help them at all. What do we need to make our own fuel for? Oh, we can just import that. Oh, you can. Until there's a conflict, especially a regional conflict, and then we can't get the fuel down. The sea lanes are up. They keep sinking the tankers. What the? That's not fair. Fucking idiots. Fucking idiots. Um, So that could be interesting. Two weeks of fuel in Australia. You'd, You'd find out really quickly that your car's... You know that they won't, they won't, they won't let any member of the public have fuel like, like that. Boom, done, gone. Ah, oh, yeah, nah. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. But uh, we need all the fuel to move the food around. Uh, and that's interesting, Australia, because if uh, if you're without a car, good luck, because they made all the mega suburbs in the American model with all focused around one huge shopping centre that everyone then goes into together in their cars. And the public transport in Australia is the worst in the first world. It's the worst. Public transport in Australia is the pits. And the reason for that is because the the cities are so large and so spread out disproportionately to their populations. Like Perth, where I'm from, I think has about 1.8 million people. By the way, it was 800,000 when I grew up. So that's a million people in 30 years. Uh, Most of them blow-ins. And... The metropolitan area of Perth. Right, let, let, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna guess on it. Perth metro area. Let's have a look at the Perth metropolitan area. Uh, 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 uh. Generally includes the coastal strip from Two Rocks in the north to Singleton in the south. Uh, which is in the city of Rockingham. Um, so that's 150 kilometers north to south. 
This is the metropolitan area, 150 kilometers. And then if you look, if you look at west to east going from the coast, you'd have to go up to about Midland, Swan View. Let's have a look. 30 kilometers. So 30 kilometers from west to east and 150 kilometers from north to south. Let's now put that into Holland. 150 kilometers. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Around where I'm living. So literally, let's go Alkmaar. How far down to Rotterdam? Fucking hell, man. It's literally the whole of Holland. North to south. Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty close. It's pretty fucking close. Take Perth and basically stick it in most of Holland. That's the Perth metropolitan regional area. Um, it's completely crazy how much we've let the cities in Australia just spread out. And this is why the public transport is rooted. It just doesn't work. It works to a small extent, but you still, to get from the train, to get to the train station that you need to, you need to drive. It's called park and ride in Perth. Park and ride, because there's, there's, there's no other way to get down there. Um, so we're talking about a huge metropolitan area that is pretty close to, you know, the coastal strip of the entire coast of the Netherlands. It's just one city of two million people in Australia. It's completely bizarre how spread out it is. So good luck doing your grocery shopping if you can get groceries anyway if you don't have a car in Perth. Good luck with that. And this goes for Brisbane, this goes for Sydney, Melbourne, the whole bloody lot of them. You're fucked. I mean, here in the Netherlands, I've got a car. And I use my car to get to work, mostly. Could I get to work easily without my car? Yep. The train station is a 10-minute walk from my house. And then at the other end of the train station, I could just pick up one of the rental bicycles, government rental bicycles that you just swipe for. And it would be about another 10 minutes on the other end to get to... Uh, where I need to be. And in peak hour, it would actually be quicker to use public transport. What about doing the shopping? Most of my shopping I do on the weekends, uh, and I do it in the markets in town, and I walk in. It's about, once again, 10 minutes. And I walk into town, and I walk around in the inner city, because if you can't park. It's an old-style city, but small. Leiden. And uh, do my thing, and then, uh, yeah, uh, walk home.
Takes me about an hour and a half or so on a Saturday morning. Done. Done. Good luck, Australia. It's the... When I moved back to Australia in 2011, I think it was, um, it was the... The thing, one of the things that annoyed me the most was the fact that you just can't walk. You just can't walk. You can't walk because it's not set up for it. You can't walk because um, there, there's sidewalks and that sort of stuff. Uh, much better than, than in the United States, that's for sure. But um, uh, if it's a regular summer and it's 35 degrees and you want to try and walk to do your shopping and then cart all that stuff home, fuck me dead, man. Fuck me dead. And the streets don't have trees. And if they do have trees, they're horrible gum trees that provide no shade whatsoever on a summer's day. It's not like they've filled Perth with plane trees or something like that. No, 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 no. Because they're not native, so we can't use those. We can only use native trees that provide no shade whatsoever and, and you know, catch fire if you look at them. Good luck. Good fucking luck. This potential pandemic could be the most interesting thing to happen to the world since World War II. The most interesting thing to happen to Europe, I'd say, since the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989. This could be really interesting because the whole of the modern world has been set up on globalist principles. And so if we're looking at something, I mean, everyone goes about the, and this, this will be the funny thing, of course, this will be the highly ironic thing is all the people, all of the people, all of the people, all of the people who went on and on about on Facebook and social media about the free movement of immigrants, refugees into Europe will be screaming blue fucking murder if these people get through in a pandemic. Well, what happened to your free movement of people? You know, they're just the refugees. We're just the refugees. We just need to bring them into the world, into the Europe, into your nations. Why are you against it now? Why is that? Oh, you don't want them to come in now. Why? Because you might be threatened by it. And this is a clear and present danger that you can actually identify. Hilarious. Look, my humble listeners, do not be uh, do not be do not underestimate do not underestimate what's going on right now and the potential for it to go further. Um you definitely, definitely, definitely want to stock up. Here's what you want to buy. Here's the staples that you want to buy, okay? Cooking oil, uh, some extra salt and stuff like that, because you might not think much about salt until you don't have it. Uh, to a lesser extent, pepper. Um, tinned and dried beans. Dried beans are better because uh, if you've, Push for storage space, you can store a lot more of them. 
Uh, any tinned protein foods, but, but the best ones are uh, a tinned tuna. Get them in the small cans. You want smaller servings. Um, you're gonna, not going to need as many calories because you're going to be sitting around. And every tin that you open, you have to eat everything, you know, within a certain amount of time. Pasta and rice, obviously. Grains like oats, uh, nuts, and that sort of thing. Um, get some water purifiers because you never know. Um, obviously, you want to stock up on the booze. And it could also be uh, uh, an opportunity for you uh, in... Uh, in the future as well. Um, if you're if you if you've if you're a home brewer, fucking you you set up nicely. If you're not, but you always wanted to get into home brewing, this is where you might want to go out and buy those home brewing kits because if you can't move from home, you're not going to have much to do, right? And think about if the internet goes down as well. You might be just thinking, I just play video games. Well, if there's no power, you're not going to be playing video games. I'll tell you that right now. Um, uh, I, your basic, you should have a basic first aid kit. Okay, so just get a basic first aid kit. Um, prescription drugs, well, I, I don't do prescription drugs, so I don't know about that. But uh, of course, Americans, the average American will be taking 15 different prescription medications. So good luck on that count as well. Of course, coffee. Of course, you need the coffee both for yourself and for your money-making opportunities when the shit hits the fan. Um, toilet paper. Uh, toilet paper is only a real issue if you've got chicks in the house. If you haven't got chicks in the house, toilet paper is not a worry. Uh, a 12-pack of toilet paper will see guys through a whole fucking year, just about. Yeah. Particularly if you just have one number two in the morning and then you have a shower. Meh, whatever. Okay. Uh, dishwashing liquid, the stuff I mentioned before, or let's say garbage bags. Yeah, garbage bags. Um, bin liners, you really want to stock up on those, particularly if the garbage services stop. Right? You really want to stock up on your old garbage bags. Uh, toothpaste, you'll need that, absolutely. Um, I'm not going to go, I'm not I'm not prepping here. Don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not talking about the prepping stuff, so I'm not talking about bug out kits or anything like that. Um... Like I said, cigarettes, a few cans of cigarettes could be a really good one because you might want to take up smoking, just saying. Um, I've got my pipe, and I've got a fair bit of pipe tobacco here, so I'm all good on that account. Um, what else? What have I, uh, what have I, what have I, what have I? I mean, other, other stuff as well. I mean, and, and um, tinned anchovies are really good. Great source of protein. Um, tinned tomatoes. Very, very, very good. I'm really into tins, lots of tinned food. Um, and just stock it all, stock it all up away. Um, uh, I have, I, I recommend getting a whole bunch of um, chicken legs, uh, individually sealing them in a pack and then putting them in the freezer. Because then you can take those out and, and, and you make them, make stock out of those. Uh, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of nutrition in stock and it goes a long way. You can use it with the rice, cooking rice, that sort of thing. Um, very, 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 very good. So that's some of the stuff that I'd be looking at. That's some of the stuff that I'd be doing. So yeah, I think uh, I think it's a um, a really interesting time, um, and uh, I'm quite looking forward to it. Of course, I, I might catch the virus and die. That would be bad. But then, you know, when you're dead, you don't know anymore that it's bad. So. Hmm. 
Um, chocolate. I got a bit of a sweet tooth. Chocolate. Chocolate could be good too. Shout outs, Captain Capitalism. Here's a new book out. Um, well, he wrote it, but then decided he didn't want to publish it. But so now he got someone else to publish it for him. On the millennials, I have myself a copy. I will be reading it over the next couple of weeks. I've already started. And I will be doing a review uh, on that book in the next few weeks. Go check out captaincapitalism.blogspot.com and all of the products that he has. And Aaron sponsors this blog and he's a very uh, big supporter of my work and I appreciate that. Um, if you like this podcast, you can subscribe to the uh, SoundCloud feed. You can subscribe to my blog. I had someone subscribe to my blog this week, so I got it up back up to 450 followers. Woohoo! I'd like to get 500 by the end of the year. I'd like to get 500. That'd be nice. Um, and uh, check out my books, which are selling well at the moment. But they're steady. They've always been steady, but they're really selling well lately. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill and Run Guts Pull Cones. And uh, third book still being worked on as we speak. Guys, it's been fun talking uh, to you. I hope you've had fun listening. And uh, let me know in the comments on the points on what you're going to stock up on, what you think of my nationalist magazine idea. Uh, and uh, don't you go changing. Stay safe. Talk to you next week. Ciao.